It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey LaBounty and Nick Wiggins. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to a Thursday edition of The Final Drive. And if you were listening to our station earlier, you'll know that Corey LeBounty will not be joining me for today's show, but he did have the privilege of watching Mobile Christian bring home that state title we got a great uh, crop of guests for you today. We got Brandon Gustafson, I'm going to say, from SeattleSports.com. He's going to talk all things Washington. And then for the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report at 5 o'clock, we're going to kick that off with Stephen M-, M. Smith, the senior reporter for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And then at 5.30 for the Tiger, we'll be talking to Auburn sports writer on Rivals.com. Brian Matthews, but today my guest host, my co-host is Mobile's favorite depressed Georgia fan. (laughs) It's Steven Root. Root, how's it going, man? Are you still hanging in there even though your dog's did not come through for you. Quite the intro, buddy. I Thanks. appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy for Ronnie Cottrell. That's one thing. Yeah. Nobody was nicer my time in Mobile than Ronnie Cottrell. I'm, I'm extremely happy for him. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're still reeling a little bit from that brutal, brutal loss. But, uh, you know, you can't, can't control everything. The fi- yeah, officiating's out of your control. <laughs> but uh, we're here. We're okay. Well, look, how's it feel? I mean, you're supposed to win your 30th game in a row. You were the number one team basically for the whole entire year. You just came off winning two championships, and then in one game, everything disappears. You know, you're not even competing in the playoff anymore. You're outside of that. I mean... I will say that, you know, yeah, you talk about going back-to-back and winning the championships, what you've been looking for forever it finally all happened. It happened twice. But then you have one game that allows your emotions to be totally <laughs> brought back down. And you're like, man, how is this? Ha- Why do I let this happen to me? Why do I give my emotions up to something that I'm not in any control of? And this yeah. damn sports team totally affects my emotions. But that's the kind of game it was, man. And it's it's playing Alabama again. You know, it's it's just tough when you're a fan and you got to play Alabama and you know probably what's going to happen already you know your heart's going to get broken going into that game you thought alabama was going to beat not really i mean in the past i've been a a lot more pessimistic of going into a game than i was about that one but i mean look you've you've watched alabama and what they did and how much better they got you're like look okay this is absolutely a possibility for for alabama to win um, Georgia starts that game as hot as you can look in the very beginning, yep. and then it just goes away completely. And it's just kind of how that game shook out. That game was kind of brutal to watch for a Georgia fan after the hot start, and then you get uh, some bad calls thrown in there, and then just offensively go they go away completely. So, yeah, you sit through most of that game like, all right, this is BS, and I'm just checking out of it. 
but then you know slowly but surely your hopes start to get back up a little bit here comes a chance here comes a chance not much done with it but you know yeah it's just a tough one to lose the way that it went down but no shock it's alabama you know what i mean yeah. but that's the thing i mean that at right now there's no one you'd rather lose to i mean you'd you'd rather lose to anybody but alabama at this point if you're a georgia fan that's just kind of how it has been in the app they're saying that you know you're saying bad calls they're saying you're calling out the officiating that makes you a loser okay yeah i mean if it if it was anybody watching their team, I mean, look, I'm not like. It's okay, look, I had all, we had all the Alabama fans complain about officiating after they won the Iron Bowl. Sure. So I mean, look, that's what fans do. That's what that's what we're gonna do. If it was, if it was anybody on the other hand watching watching the official, I mean, just poor officiating across the board. I'm not blaming that loss on officiating, um, but I I do hate officiating and how poor it seems to be. Just in about all sports, how much do we complain about it? It's always a topic, but uh, I'm not blaming the loss on officiating. Georgia just totally went to sleep in that game. Is Alabama a better football team than Georgia? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I, that's that's a – how do you answer that? I don't know. I don't know. That's why I asked the question. I've, I've, I hear you. I don't know. I think they're – I think they're on par, but, I mean, Alabama's just so impressive, and Jalen Milrow by himself is so impressive. And watching them get better, it's incredible, you know, how they've done it, how much better they did get. But, you know, now now look what they got to do. They've got a chance to avenge their loss to Texas possibly and win another one. I mean, how how, how could you pick any other team other than Alabama in this playoff and be that confident that – you know, I got any Alabama of them are winning win. it all. I think they're going to win it all. I think you kind of have to at this point. I mean, do you really think that? I don't know. I think you kind of have to. That's how I feel. I, you know, they they got themselves to this spot. Now I believe in them. It's Alabama. Now I believe See, I in them. I feel like again. even though you know, we bring up how they barely beat Auburn. You know, they barely beat a lot of these mid-tier teams. And then Georgia. I feel like you know, for the most part, they were blowing out everyone. I mean, even that's not but true. I mean, that they they Georgia toward the end of the year, I feel like they really started to steamroll. Well, they were they were looking very much more tuned up at the end of the year, even without when Bowers goes down, even without McConkey in much of those games. Right. You know, yeah, they were look Carson Beck especially looking as tuned up as you can look as a as a quarterback, just so efficient. But I feel um, like Alabama had like a little more hair on their chest because they played in some of these nitty gritty, yeah. tough games, and you know they came out on top. Every single time. I mean, that that was a completely different team from week two, you know, to last. Yeah, past Georgia Saturday. looked like a team that just would skate more times than not. Alabama had to endure a lot this year and create something. I mean, there were a lot of questions on this team and a lot of questions about how good they would be. They had to forge something themselves. I feel like more so it's just maybe a feeling that Georgia skated all year. They would play down to some teams. They would kind of go to sleep at times. You know, they would start poorly in a lot of games, just classically Georgia starting slow. But they would do that, but they'd always find a way they'd end up out-talenting whoever was on the field. But more so, Alabama had to build something from scratch this year. And that's even more impressive about them getting here is kind of how they did it and all the questions we had going into the year. Could Jalen Milrow complete a forward pass was a real question by people. Yeah, yeah he can. You know, he should probably be in New York as a Heisman finalist. Um, if they took more than they take, he, he would be there. He's next on the list to go. But 
you know that's that's why I just you're right about the hair on the chest i like how you said that it just feels like something real they had to build out of you can't say out of nothing obviously they're still alabama they have the pieces to work with but but still they had to create something i mean yeah. from with all the questions that we had they they definitely built something well and even in that texas game like how many times did texas capitalize on alabama just shooting themselves in the foot and now all of a sudden they're really not making that many mistakes anymore and I just can't imagine any team being up on Alabama by like 10 or more points. I just can't imagine it at this point. Like that Michigan game is going to be so tight throughout the entirety of it. Um, I don't know. I just think Alabama. And, you know, when you look at the Vegas odds, Alabama has the second best odds to win the championship. Right? This is the team that almost didn't get in. Right? We're saying maybe Florida State should have got in. Right? They got cheated. Well, Florida State would have been what? Probably like plus like 1,700 to win it. Alabama's right there, plus 200. And, I, you know, Michigan's like plus 175. So it's almost even odds, you know, for Michigan, this team that has been at the top all year, and, and Alabama who's gone through everything. So, I mean, people are giving them their props. It's not just us down here. I mean, yeah, and I think it's a lot of people that, <laughs> having seen Alabama do it so many times, just the fact of them getting themselves to the opportunity, a lot of people probably now just think that, oh, they got themselves here, now it's theirs to lose. And they're probably right in thinking that. I mean, you know, but... But yeah. on the other side of the field, though, in this college football playoff is God's chosen team. America's team? Yeah, oh. and America's team. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines. You know, we talk... We're wa lo looking at Alabama as this storybook season, right? You know, from the humble beginnings to benching Jalen Milrow to now he's looking like a top 10 uh, quarterback in college football. On the other side, they got their whole own narrative baked in too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, they ain't even allowing that man on the field. They're, they're overcoming all the adversity, man. They, the man is trying to keep them down, but they are resilient and they keep on winning. Got the assistant coaches boohoo crying. <laughs> this one's for Jim. He's just watching from his hotel room or whatever, you know, on his big screen TV. But I don't know. Do you think Michigan has the juice? That's in, you know, Michigan has kind of been here before, and look what they've done in the past. Look this what is the team that lost TCU. <laughs> yeah, the year before that, they get smoked by Georgia. I mean, they get their opportunity to see the big stage and get absolutely embarrassed. And then the next year you lose to TCU, who gets absolutely embarrassed by Georgia. So, I mean, look, you they're good. You know, they're 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 watching them. I mean, they are Big Ten football. Blake Corum's great. JJ McCarthy is talented, but still he kind of plays a, a safe style more times than not. Um, they're really good, but in these playoffs, I like Texas maybe more than anybody. Really? Yeah, I mean, it, you're going to – and what do we what do we want to see? Do we want to see Washington, Michigan, or do we want to see Texas, Alabama? That's what people probably want to see. Yeah. Um, you know, I just think Texas is the one to watch right now. I mean, but, but Michigan and Alabama, that they – I mean, look, that's going to be – as far as we think, we think that that is a – extremely solid matchup an even matchup maybe if even's the right word but i think a lot of people expect that game to be great but michigan man they've they've had some opportunities and they've totally watched it you know they've totally given it away in the past let, let me ask you this you know you're a georgia fan the season didn't end how you wanted 
Are you rooting for Alabama to represent the SEC and win the championship, <laughs> or are you rooting for every team they play against to, you know, hope that they aren't able to really just get everything that you were wanting? No, I'm I'm probably not doing either. You're kind of neutral. You're just watching now. I'm speaking from my brain when I say that I think Alabama, now that they're here, they've got as good a shot as any, probably a better shot than the rest of these teams to win. But is that who you're rooting for? No. Nah. No, I can't so do it. You're that. rooting against them, <laughs> right? So like when Alabama and Michigan play. I can't root for Michigan, though. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a Detroit fan when it comes to pro sports. My whole dad's side of the family's from Michigan. Yeah. You know, they're, they're Michigan fans. Give some love. I, I can't do it. I mean, John, Jim Harbaugh has. Michigan State guy. <laughs> Listen, man, Harbaugh has done so much to irk people and rub everybody the wrong way that um, I can't find myself ever rooting for Michigan. You know, when it comes to being a Georgia fan and losing to Alabama all the time, you get, you get sick of that. You know, you'd rather lose to anybody but Alabama at this point. <laughs> Um, but still, I'm just, you know, speaking from my brain, I guess, when I say that, how do you not pick Alabama at this point? I mean, you might think that there these teams are maybe Michigan can play with them. Maybe Texas is better than Alabama. Maybe Texas is the best team in this playoff. But people probably think that, too. But, you know, just the fact that they've gotten themselves here and you got all this history that you can talk with too that well look here in the app this guy says that he's a buckeye fan and that he ho he hopes bama stomps michigan always screw michigan he says well that is a far more pure of a rivalry than than alabama georgia i mean that's uh the alabama georgia is just recent i don't know alabama georgia whoever wins that game they win it all recently yeah you know what I mean? But but not the game. The rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan. I totally understand that coming from a Buckeyes fan. But, you know, Georgia fans just hate losing to Alabama because we do it a lot. That's, that's just that. You know what I mean? You think uh, if, George, if this was a five-team playoff and Georgia was in there, uh, would they be the second-best team in there? Like, you know, everyone talks about is it the – deserving teams is it the best teams well i mean that's the whole thing about this this whole playoff thing like is, are, do is what do we want same? what is it that we want is it just supposed to be the four best teams and that's why i'll say like my my initial feeling on florida state i wasn't like searching for a take to have i don't have to do that anymore but just my immediate thought and how i feel about it is like yeah it's unfortunate for florida state i'm really sorry you're the best player on your team got hurt and I understand you did what you had to do throughout the year but when we get to this point we're taking the four best teams for this playoff and without your best player that is what your team is your team is now a team without Jordan Travis right and it's just unfortunate that you've gotten yourself here without or you're now here without him that is just unfortunate I'm sorry I feel bad for Florida State mm. but you are the team you are today and that's the team we're trying to build a playoff you know group with and i'm sorry it's unfortunate but give us the four best teams stop giving us blowouts in the semifinals like we see all the time give us the four best and and we saw it against louisville they're not that so you know georgia if it was a 16 playoff i mean yeah georgia's still right there with obviously that sec you don't think championship there's any, you don't think ron DeSantis can make anything happen for florida state <sighs> <laughs> probably not
Nothing There's is gonna going to change. There's going to be an on the championship or they something. They might not take the field. They might forfeit <laughs> and protest and not take the field. Uh, but Big Ron in Florida is not making anything happen, I don't think. But I don't know, man. I mean, you're trying to get the four best teams. Yeah. What, what, what about that Louisville game? It's reality. Yeah, I mean, you it, might feel it, bad Florida, for them. But we were that's talking about this yesterday. I think if Florida State, even with the backup quarterback, if they would have found a way to win convincingly, sure. you'd be like, damn, they, they do still look good. It would have been a different story. But because that was like the ugliest game of all time, that's how it went. In the app, somebody has posted the link to my infamous SEC Media Day question that I was able to ask Coach Saban. Look, guys, it's SEC Media Days. So you have fun. And it generated some good viral content. And isn't that the name of the game in this day and age? Look, Corey had a good question there, too. He had a good question after the SEC Championship. He had them all laughing and giggling. Coach Saban, he had a smile on his face. Because, look, if I would have asked some run-of-the-mill question, you wouldn't be linking it in the app right now. <laughs> I wouldn't get tagged in the video once a week by some random person. So... As cringy and stupid as it may be, there is a master plan. <laughs> and I plan to be right back after this break and continue talking to Stephen Ruth. <laughs> Hello, Mobile. This is Damian Craig, and I'm listening to Sports Station WNSP. if you guys are hearing that beeping behind me but today there's just been a <laughs> beep that's gone off in this room every 10 minutes i don't really know uh, where it is rooted from but oh well we'll be okay wasn't me hmm yeah interesting coincidence right but root what you think about this heisman race man uh yeah quickly before that um We'll get to that in a second. I did want to say, um, okay. I don't know who reported it, it first, but I'm seeing it from – man, shut up. <laughs> Charlie Potter on Twitter. I, I don't know he, if, if he reported it first or not, but that's where I'm seeing it right now. Alabama wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks and defensive lineman Isaiah Hastings both entering the transfer portal. Um, with Ja'Cory Brooks especially, man, that's just – who did not think that Ja'Cory Brooks was the next guy for Alabama at receiver? I mean, everybody thought that. Had a great sophomore year and then just kind of went away. Charlie Potter's also saying, um, with Ja'Cory Brooks entering the transfer portal, all four high school wide receivers that Alabama signed in 2021 have not have now all elected to transfer, that being Ja'Cory Brooks, JoJo Earl to TCU, A.J. Hall um, to Texas, and Christian Leary to Georgia Tech. Why is that? That just doesn't work, I guess. I don't know. I mean – you know, it's not going to work for everybody, but to see smoke, that group. There's fire, man. Everyone is leaving. Everyone's gone. Everyone's leaving everywhere. Look around. Everyone's yeah, leaving but it's everywhere. Alabama. Aren't people leaving to try to go to a place like Alabama? Like, where are you going that's better than that? Well, just better it's for you like, personally. I mean, it's not like there's like a. Re Alabama yeah, can, right now has a receiving core where it's like you can never climb to the top. I feel right. like it's pretty flexible. Uh, well, who knows? I mean, we know kind of the story with A.J. Hall how tumultuous of a time he was having in Alabama personally as a person. 
Um, so, you know, he was looking for another place to go. And I mean, yeah, it's just, I think it's a coincidence that you have all four of these guys end up leaving. But I mean, Ja'Cory Brooks was kind of at the top at Alabama. It all looked like it was his spot to be the number one wide receiver for Alabama and be the next special guy. But then, uh, then he just kind of couldn't find the field, you know? So I don't know. It's, it's, you look around college football, everybody's leaving everywhere. Yeah. Where else could you go? They're, they're looking for another opportunity to probably up themselves personally, not buy into, yeah, it's the best team setting you could find. But clearly, if you're not getting on the field the way you want, you're going to go elsewhere for you personally. Yeah. College football free agency, man. That's right. A lot of it. Can get better than that. I know y'all talked about Brock Vandegrift leaving yeah. Georgia. You know, What's I, he all about, man? He's talented. He's really talented. Just never was going to. I mean, as, as long as Beck was there, Beck was there, you know, just it was kind of lined up the way that, you know, maybe he could have waited it out. But that's just you're not going to take the job from Carson Beck at this point. So I don't think there's any Georgia fan that doesn't like wish him success and still a fan of Brock Vandegrift. He hung around and, you know, he was he showed his talent whenever he could get on the field. It wasn't in any meaningful moments, but um, I think Kentucky's getting a good one. What do you think about uh, South Alabama's Colin Lacey leaving? 1,300 yards, 91 catches, already got the offer from Auburn. You know, South Alabama, I mean, they're on a streak of making, you know, some real elite receiver talent. Um, but, I mean, is this guy going to go to a big-time school? Is, is he going yeah. to oh, yeah. make a name and be one of those top uh, receivers selected in the draft? Well, possibly, but – First, first off, he'll get a bunch of offers from a bunch of big schools, and he's going to be a very popular name. Um, yeah, obviously already seeing Auburn with the interest. Um, that's going to spread. Everyone's going to want Colin Lacey, a guy like that. He is extremely talented. Yes, he ends up at a much bigger program, and he's going to help out a team immediately. There's no way he doesn't. He's, he's going to be something. Yeah, well, look. I know that I asked a question that you ignored at the beginning of this. Let's segment. get back to it. I'm ready for it now. Okay. So the Heisman <laughs> Trophy is something. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win that? Right now, Jaden Daniels is right up there as the favorite. I think Bo Nix is up there close. Penix Jr. at third. Who Who's going to win it? Who's the best player? Who's the most deserving player? I don't know. It's Jaden Daniels. It has been all year. My uh, my pick preseason was Jaden Daniels, and there's no way he doesn't win it now. I mean, Bo Nix kind of threw it away a little bit. You know, I guess it was down to Daniels and Bo, but Bo kind of threw that away. And you kind of watch with the odds and where they've gone since. It is 100% Jaden Daniels. It was always Jaden Daniels. You know, the numbers he put up this year. Do, does do win loss does the win loss record not matter? Or was he like right on that bubble to where it was like, okay, lose. what would they be without him? I mean, I understand that you lose a few games, but how know, but how would just, that team look without him? Let's just say LSU finished seven and five. You can't have a Heisman trophy winner on a seven and five team, right? Mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not if you want to give him a couple more losses, but you know, a three-loss team. Three-loss, I think it's safe. Like, it's like, you know, many a Heisman Trophy winner have had about that same record. Yeah. I mean, I just think that he is by far the most dynamic. And sure, he played on a three-loss team, but no help was given to him by his defense. Um, and he was just absolutely historic. So, he, he's been the pick. He is the pick. It's an easy pick. 
Um, you know, three losses, that's okay. That's all right. Look at what they'd be without him. So I've been all in on Daniels. I had higher hopes for LSU this year. Um, that's who I picked to, to win the West. I thought it was all kind of made for them to take it this year. But they had any defense. Any defense. That's all they needed. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately. I mean, well, but look, and we'll talk a little bit more about like Michael Penix Jr. at four o'clock when we talk with Brandon from SeattleSports.com. He covers the Huskies, so he'll be able to talk all about that and his Heisman hopes and what they're going to do in the college football playoffs. So that'll be good. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and to the other guys, Bo Nix, you gotta ask yourself. I mean, watching Bo Nix, obviously, I remember Dave Schultz and I. I'm, you know. Poor Bo Nix. We we clowned him a lot when he was with Auburn. A lot of people did, um, but it just my memory is is a lot of Bo Nix slander at his time at Auburn, and yep. you know just growing into the player that you know we saw at Oregon. I mean, you got to feel good for him. I, I love Penix. I love the story. I love Rome Odunze. I love Washington. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's uh, I mean, you put Rome Odunze's numbers up and next to Harrison. They're both, like, equal to each other, yet Marvin Harrison Jr. gets all the talk. Um, Sometimes when someone's somewhere, you'll criticize them, you'll hate them, then they'll leave, and they'll become an even better version of themselves, and you'll wish that they could come back. Bo Nix, you are much, <laughs> much like my host, beautiful, Stephen Root. Yes, that was beautiful. When we come back, maybe we'll talk a little pro ball. Talk a little NFL. There's a Thursday night football game on tonight. We watching that? You got Prime Video? We got NBA, too. How much are we going right. to bore people with that? season tournament. What's more boring in your eyes? Yeah. The Patriots game or the NBA in-season what tournament? What do you want us to talk about least? <laughs> yeah, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. sweetheart Steven Root we're about to talk a little NFL football for you I mean look there is a game tonight <laughs> the Steelers are somehow amazingly seven and five I don't know how is this gonna be the Mitch Trubisky Bailey Zappi game I think that's what we're getting tonight can you guess what the over under is 20 and a half Okay, that's crazy <laughs> low. It's 30 and a half. Yeah. Though. That's so low. That's so low. I mean, but is it? I know. I can't imagine how they're going to get any points. How do either of these teams score a touchdown? I mean, this Patriots defense just allowed the Chargers to only score six points. The Chargers, it just came out that now all of a sudden they're going to have a little bit of a running back battle because Austin Eckler has not been playing good. Nope. Sorry to the Austin Eckler fantasy owners, yeah. too, man. Yeah, that would be Coughing mean. it up. It's tough, man. It's been a tough year for fantasy football, I feel. I feel like it has, too. I got a few teams and a few leagues. and You got to really have some random guys, I feel, like your Pukas and your Tank Dells, who's now hurt. I mean, yeah, Kyron Williams, a couple of these guys like Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams that were not drafted by anybody but have since become some of the biggest, you know, uh, 
providers of points. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's been one of those years. Scores. Scores, yes, thank you. <laughs> Word I was looking Point for. Point provider, yes. score, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, I mean, do, you, do the Steelers actually have a chance to make the playoffs, man? I mean, Joe Burrow is out for the Bengals, even though they did have a good uh, win last Monday night, right? Um, you know, Deshaun is out for Cleveland, even though Cleveland is probably, a, you know, a top three defense in the NFL. Baltimore, I mean, they're good. Uh, you know, I think everyone has them in their top five teams in the NFL right now. Maybe probably even the best team in the AFC. But I mean, in the AFC, it's it's going to be a fight. I mean, it's going to be a bunch of teams with the same record, you know, trying to sort it out behind the best teams in the AFC. I mean, it just you get rid of Matt Canada. You're hoping every Steelers fan that that's all they wanted was to please get rid of Matt Canada. They did that, but. You know, without Pickett, I mean, you just, it's so hard to believe that they're going to do anything real with the offense they have. You know, they're not lacking weapons either. George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, you've got these guys that you had such higher hopes for, but now with no Pickett, um, I mean, look, man, their, their defense is going to keep them in every game. They're that special. But Is any of this on Mike Tomlin? He gets a pass a lot. I mean, this, like, they are 7-5. and five. Like, this is not a good-looking roster. Right. I think I think if, if we're talking about Mike Tomlin, it's how good of a job he's done maybe with this team and this offense. Um, but why is the offense this way to begin with? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can go back and forth on that. Um, but Tomlin, you know, he gets credit for a lot of things. I don't think he gets a ton of criticism. Um, but they always kind of find a way to keep themselves semi-relevant. Just they haven't been great. Uh, but yeah, this game tonight is, and it's on Thursday. Of course, it's going to be a terrible game. I mean, well, last Thursday's game was pretty good. That was Dallas, Seattle. That was what forty-one thirty-five. I mean, that was fun, but yeah, this one is going to be. I'll uh, probably be watching more basketball tonight than football, with, yeah. and that has not been the case for me recently. It's it's been all football mode, but uh, you know, basketball. This whole in-season tournament, I'm. It has done nothing for me. It has not made me watch more basketball than I would have already at this point. But I don't think they. I don't think they advertised it well, because the games have been good. Yeah, they I just mean, didn't advertise it well. It's just so it's tough. Confusing. I mean, you're trying to this time of year. You're any sport that has to battle with football for for eyeballs. You're not going to win. It's just that's the way it seems to be. Um, you know, they talk about with. The season in basketball is it is it too long you know should they start later around christmas to kind of avoid the competitiveness with football um i know nascar is a sport that season too they have to battle with football for ratings and no one's ever going to win um but you create this in-season tournament it's just i don't know even from the beginning i was like okay whatever i'm i'll still watch basketball but it's not something i think is making a ton of people watch that weren't but you get these games, like when you do get good games, now we get down to the final four tonight. Like this Pelicans-Lakers game is is going to be one of the first games I give, I give my total attention to. Yeah, That's just being honest. I haven't with basketball I yet. Mean, do you think that it's like in today's generation where we've all become accustomed to instant gratification with social media, you know, you can find an answer to anything, a video on anything, any length, at any time, anywhere you are. 
And then you have a basketball season that's 82 games long. Like, what does the 27th game of the season really mean at the end of the day? And, you know, you talk about baseball. Like, no one was watching the World Series this year. All right? Like, you can go look it up. People, oh, yeah. People weren't watching it. And is it because there's just so much baseball that it just kind of dilutes it all? Because, I mean, people are watching football. But look at all, you know, in college football, it's 12 games, right? I mean, that's almost just an eighth of what the NBA season is. So every game matters eight times more, you know, in, in the big scheme of things. You know, football, it just seems things can change so quickly. Everyone has on the same schedule. You're going to play one game in a week. You know, NBA, one team might play four. One team might play two. They'll play on a Tuesday night. They'll play on you know, on a Sunday at noon, it, it's random. I feel like that, you know, people talk about, like, the scoring, and I feel like it's less about the product on the court and just the way that, like, these sports are formatted. Like, who's really out here watching every baseball game, you know, of the Braves? Who's really out here watching every, you know, Lakers game? But who's out here watching every Alabama game? Who's watching every New Orleans Saints game? You know what well, I yeah, mean? Yeah, it just it's so much bigger. I mean, these long seasons. I mean, you know, for baseball, yeah, it's it's a historic thing and all that, but just less and less people care about how historic, you know, you, you get young people and trying to capture the attention span of a young person. I mean, we can talk all We're about young people. sports now, man. We can talk all about the youth and their damn attention spans, but – um, you know, we're not really doing that, but that's the way of the world, man. It's, it's real. You know what I mean? People get, you know, what they want to see from their phone and that's it. And trying to get people to watch any full length sporting event, especially baseball and basketball when you've got such a long season. And I mean, just even me, I'm a, I'm a big basketball f pro basketball fan, but not until about right now is when I start, you know what I mean? I, I'm worried about other things. Until we get to this point in the calendar, till we get to Christmas, and I'm like, all right, it's time to tran transition over to being a basketball fan again. Football's over, so you know it's just they're always going to fight that, but they might be fighting more for social media impressions now. As a league, the NBA, that might be what they're more, you know. Yeah, you still got to have the games and do all that stuff, but there's different things they're focused on now when just traditional TV ratings aren't it. Well, look, Miss Kim in the app, she says her 89-year-old mother watches every Braves game. Okay. I mean, right, but that's kind of the point, is that, yes, some people maybe still do, but as you come farther and farther down in age, we right. reduce the attention an, span. You're not going to find a 9-year-old right. that's, that's watching it. That's the point, yeah. They're watching the highlight mixes on TikTok. Yes, and that's it. You're not... You know, you're not watching. Well, I mean, even in the – see, I feel like with the NFL, you know, like let me ask this. Who out there is watching all these NFL games, right? Like you watch – like are you picking one game at noon? Are you picking a game at three? Or are you watching Red Zone for eight straight hours where you're able to kind of jump into each game at a different scoring point? Yeah, you I don't mean, have that for any other sport. No, you don't. And Red Zone especially – I mean, that's how I watch my pro football. I mean, especially, but, you know, I still make sure I'm watching the Lions game, especially this year, and they're good, right? So I've, I'm tuned into that game, but Red Zone is where I get all my other NFL intake. That is such an awesome platform for football watching that that's all you need. But 
Something just happened. Something just happened. There was like an explosion in the office. There was a. Everyone's running around. If I have to guess, I I almost said something to you about this. We were there. I noticed a pretty bad leak in the bathroom ceiling. I'm pretty sure the ceiling just fell in. What? But I'm not going to say that on air. You just did. <laughs> Bro, everyone's gathered around looking at something. Look, we'll take a break. <laughs> yeah, let's go see what it is. We're going to go check it out because they're, they're staring like jaws dropped. Damn, I needed to be in that bathroom. Too bad. <laughs> so, did, so did the roof. <laughs> Dang. Oh, my goodness. Look, she got, you know how, like, when when a woman looks at something in shock, they got, like, their hand on their chest? Yeah, we got a couple they're, of they're those. They're all standing like that. Wide-eyed. I come into town for one day. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? All right, well, look, we'll take a break. And depending on what we find, we <laughs> might update you, we might not. There is not a Kim Possible watch in here. I think it's a fire alarm. I don't know. I've said too much as it is. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, look. One more segment to wrap up this first hour. This is the final drive. We will be right back. Hey, this is Buckus Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. update on what just happened here at the studio the air conditioning repairman <laughs> fell through the ceiling i'm not i'm not joking the ac man fell through the ceiling he, he says he's okay says he's okay that's gonna hurt he's tomorrow okay. yeah that neck's gonna be in pain tomorrow uh, yep that's one of those ones where like you know you fall down and the guy's like hey man you're right you're like, yeah man i'm good i'm good <laughs> i just need to like walk over here for a sec he says he's good, but yes, he did fall through the ceiling and like very. This, this room, our rooms are soundproof. Yeah, and we, we heard it. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he's good. Maybe maybe we'll get a day off work tomorrow. Can that translate into us asking what the best your your best workplace injury? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Come up with some radio talk right there. Yeah, what's your what's the uh, the 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 most entertaining? I don't know. Like, how entertaining and good can an injury be if you had to miss work for it? Most embarrassed you've been at work. Okay, I like that. What's the most embarrassed you've ever been at work, if you want to say? <laughs> uh, up to you. Uh, Root, what's the most embarrassed you've been at work? Oh, man. It's I mean, a lot to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty to choose from. I don't know. Think on that one. <laughs> okay. Well, listeners, you guys think, too. Me, I don't get embarrassed by anything. No, you don't. You, you're proud of everything you do. So. Yeah, man. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> prideful guy, and I'm humble. Yeah. Yes, you are. <laughs> well, I, I had the opportunity of, uh, you know, coming on here as a sad, sad Georgia fan. You know, all the Alabama fans here, That's you got that. But I do have my Detroit Lions. They beat the Saints. Sorry, Saints fans. Oh, yeah, that's something you have over some I can't people. believe I have there the Detroit Lions to make up for. I don't even know if there are still Saints fans in this town, man. Yeah, it's pretty tough right now. Tough, tough sled and being a Saints fan. It's not even like, like as a Falcons fan, I know we're going to address like quarterback next year and like our offensive play calling. <laughs> our defense looks awesome. Jesse Bates looks awesome. We got these young guys with potential. 
we have the potential to move some of these guys in a trade if we uh, <laughs> need to. But the Saints, man, they're locked into Derek Carr for the long haul. And are we are we both looking good. at the app right now? And yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, we're both giggling like little school kids. But uh, someone said that he trusted a fart at work. Yeah, embarrassing. <laughs> Very embarrassing. I can imagine. I can imagine why that would be embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Got to be careful. Got with to. that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like a fart at work that you trust that becomes something else, you know? The Saints put a lot of their trust into Derek Carr. God, giving you're good. Him this you are so good. <laughs> giving him Damn. this big contract. And, um. You know, he, he both turned out the same. <laughs> yeah, both turned, turned out, out the same. same. It made a mess, it, and, it, and it's, <laughs> it's stained uh, something. You can't get rid of it. Um, and yes, in the app, put it very, very simply there. But the Saints, I mean, I just don't know. Like Chris Olave's good. Chris Olave's good. But I mean, like your running backs, Alvin Kamara, like he's not gonna get any better ever again. Nope. Every year he's gonna lose a step or two. Taysom Hill, he's not going to get any better. I mean, you can call more plays for him. I think he's good, but there's just not a lot of players on the Saints, I feel, that have just a positive trajectory. Like, you know, the, the Buccaneers, they're kind of bottoming out a little bit. The Panthers are bottoming out, bottoming out. Now, they should feel bad because they don't even have their pick. So that is just – at least at least uh, you're not the Panthers. Um, but, like – I don't know what the guarantees are on Derek Carr's contract, but like as long as y'all are locked into him being your starting quarterback, you're not going to win anything. I mean, we watched him for nine years with <laughs> Be the, the Raiders. same guy. Nine years with the Raiders, never did anything. And then we thought, oh, you know, Drew Brees, he didn't really get a good chance in San Diego. We saved him, and he came out here. We'll do the same for Derek Carr. I mean, how often does it work that a team gets desperate and overpays for a quarterback? How often are they truly glad they did well, it? Well, I feel like one team that you see it clowned on a lot for doing that, but I think now we can look back and say, oh, it actually kind of made sense, was Kirk Cousins. Like, you remember when Kirk Cousins was the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL and the Vikings were just kind of meddling a little bit? Well, now since all these uh, raises and the cap and all that, people – uh, I don't even think Kirk Cousins is in, like, the top ten. He might be at the bottom of the top ten. But the Vikings, I mean, they're always competitive when he's healthy. I think Kirk Cousins is easily a top ten quarterback in the league. And he's the guy who can go out there and have a 400-yard, three-touchdown game, no picks, and you're not surprised by it. Yeah, I, I won't tolerate much Kirk Cousins hate. I mean, I've he's a name that gets commonly – thrown around just in not a joking more, way though i don't feel not really but you know because the quarterback position is so horrible now but if, if you go through and look at you know teams in the nfl right now and pick out the teams that did make a move for an aging quarterback and how that's going for them yep. you know yeah denver is not winning because of russell wilson but the to start the year he's gotten better but sh but to start the year they were just brutal and you can like like it worked out great for the Rams trading everything for Matthew Stafford. You got a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you. But what are you really trying to do? They won a Super Bowl. I mean, that is the absolute. So is that worth four years of nothing though? Nothingness. I mean, 
Maybe. I mean, it's a Super Bowl. You, you see teams mortgage everything. Would you trade? Would you, if the Lions win a Super Bowl this year, would you be fine if for the next ten years they never made the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Well. Well, look, guys. When we come back, we're gonna talk a little Washington Huskies, a little Michael Penix with Brandon Gustafson of SeattleSports.com. This has been the final drive. We will be right back. The Sound of Mobile presents For the win! The Final Drive. No, they didn't. Oh, my gracious. How about that? With Corey Labounty and Nick Wiggins. For the win! Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. Oh, oh, unbelievable. Welcome back to the final drive. This is Nick. This is not Corey. I'm joined by Steven Root. Corey is up there calling these state championship games here in Alabama. You heard you heard him say that Mobile Christian won earlier. Shout out to Coach Cottrell on bringing that home. Another team who's hoping to bring home a championship, potentially making their second ever appearance in the college football playoff is the University of Washington, and we're going to speak with Brandon Gustafson about the Huskies, Michael Penix, all the storylines. Brandon, how's it going, man? Yeah, doing great. Thank, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So, look, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to be on your bad side, but every time you guys went up against Oregon, I thought Oregon was going to beat you guys every time. <laughs> Those were always some really entertaining games, but you always managed to come out on top. Just – Summarize this battle of always being little brother to Oregon, yet always coming out on top. <laughs> well, I'd correct you on one thing, okay? So you, UW owns that, that series by a wide margin. Uh, I think a lot of people get caught up in, for, you know, the, the mid-2000s to, to early teens. It, it was Oregon's rivalry. They won 12 in a row, but Washington's won three in a row, four or five overall, has, has dominated that matchup for the most part. But, I mean, P Penix has been incredible in those games. He's gone over 300 every single time, uh, made just a handful of mistakes. This year especially, they really got the run game going with Dylan Johnson. And, and quite honestly, I, I think they have a coaching advantage. I know Dan Lanning is a great coach, great communicator, great recruiter, all those things. But I think that he at times gets a little over-aggressive, gets a little over over his uh, over his skis, and uh, Kalen DeBoer is just a little more of a steady hand. And I think that you kind of saw that with all three of these games. And, and you are right, though, because Oregon kind of outgained Washington last year, outgained them earlier this year in Seattle. But this last game is kind of the opposite. The score is probably a little bit closer than how that game actually was. UW dominated in that game in the line of scrimmage and everything. It was Bo Nix's worst game of the year by a wide margin. Uh, but, but those three games are all very entertaining. But as a UW alum, they uh, definitely do a number on my heart rate. <laughs> I want to ask you this um, to maybe get a little more broad. You know, we're in Mobile, Alabama. You know, give right. us an overview. Who is Kalen DeBoer? Tell us what he's all about and how he's built this program and just kind of who he is. Yeah, so so Kalen DeBoer is one of the more interesting head coaching stories kind of among Power Five because he got his start at, at the NAIA level in uh, at Sioux Falls in South Dakota. It was his alma mater. He was an All-American receiver there. Uh, he joined his head coach's staff there pretty young. 
uh, was our offensive coordinator, and then took over and in five years won three national championships. I think they went 63-3 and three or something like that before he went to the D1 level as a coordinator for a long time, coaching quarterbacks and whatnot. And uh, he, got his first power, he got his first D1 head coaching job at Fresno a few years ago, was only there for two years. He'd, he'd been there initially as an offensive coordinator a few years before that. Then went and coached Michael Penix at Indiana before going back to Fresno. And then uh, we had Jimmy Lake up here as head coach for UW, and uh, he had been the D coordinator under uh, legendary head coach Chris Peterson, and it just didn't work out. There were a number of things on the field, off the field, and DeBoer gets hired, and it wasn't a very sexy, flashy name like a lot of people were expecting, but he's just been a steady hand, and kind of the most surprising thing was not just the, the guys he was able to bring in from the, the, the transfer portal like a Michael Penix, but their star receivers, Roma Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, all those guys had opportunities to transfer and leave before Kalen DeBoer took over, and they all stayed. Same with a number of guys on the defensive side, so that kind of stood out to me before he'd even coached the game, but everything you hear about the guy is just grade A dude, and, and the number one word that comes to mind with, with him is typically authentic. He's just as authentic as it gets for a college football head coach, and I know that that's a little bit rare just because of how the, the game kind of works and all the things you have to do behind the scenes, but Sounds like the Huskies have just kind of nailed this higher, and uh, he's going to be earning a very, very big paycheck in the next few months, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's I'll kind of follow up with, you know, like we're watching the Texas A&M coaching search, and we know right. they've got all the money in the world, but, you know, when it comes to a hot, the highest level of job opening in the country, how could you not look at Kalen DeBoer's name? Um, is that something that uh, Washington fans are worried about, is being able to hold on to him long term? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's if it's a super worry. I think that w with him, um, the, the the places that you would kind of worry the most about would be he's he's a Midwest guy. So if if Ryan Day for whatever reason, uh, you know, gets canned at Ohio State because they're tired of them losing to Michigan, if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, those are kind of the the opportunities I could see. Kalen DeBoer kind of leaving for just because those are just great universities with probably a lot more money, better facilities, better recruiting and, and whatnot. But uh, he's, he is definitely comfortable up here. His daughter is actually signed to, to play softball at the university of Washington starting next year. Uh, she's a senior in high school. So uh, it sounds like he, he definitely likes it a lot up here, but I think entering this year, he was like the 45th, 46th uh, head coach salary in the nation. And uh, that, that number has definitely got to go up, but I know that, uh, they, they hired a new athletic director back in, uh, I believe it was September, and I know that that was priority number one for him, and it sounds like they're trying to kind of take care of things behind the scenes to make that happen. Brandon, looking at these national championship odds, you guys have the lowest odds, even though you're one of only two undefeated teams to be in the college football playoff. What is the vibe in Washington? Are you guys feeling like the underdog are you feeling disrespected and that people aren't respecting the resume that you guys have just how confident are you guys going into this playoff yeah the, it, there's a lot of confidence with it and it, it's it kind of made me laugh when i first saw the the betting odds for that the line against texas because to me it was like okay here we go again it was the same exact stuff we'd heard for a week or even even beyond that with the with the Oregon rematch because even before Oregon and UW clinched their spots in that Pac-12 championship, everybody and their mother was telling you that Oregon was the better team and was going to win. And then the line comes out and they're nine and a half point favorites, right? So it feels kind of like more of the same. And 
just with the way UW's kind of handled everything, handled a little bit of injury stuff to the offense and hit a little bit of a, of a tough stretch kind of uh, in the later part of the year after that initial Oregon game, but then have just found a way to keep winning, keep on trucking and whatnot. I think confidence is super, super high. There's definitely a little bit of a disrespect factor, especially because if Oregon would have won that game, they would have gotten in as a one-loss team, but UW had no chance of getting in as a one-loss team. I think that there was that kind of factor to it too. So a little bit of a disrespect, but uh, I think overall, I mean, again, they're they're 13-0. and They're one of two undefeated Power 5 teams right now or that are in the playoff at least. Uh, sorry, Florida State. But, <laughs> but you know, every, everything I think uh, people are totally, totally fine with kind of how things are going up here in that sense. Well, you look at run back through their schedule. Every game has been decided by 10 points or less going back to September. Right. Um, you know, give us your areas for concern. Is this a championship level defense? I mean, can they can they stop the teams they need to stop? So if you had to throw out some concern, what would it be? Yeah, their, their defense, when you look at the, the overall body of work and just the, the pure numbers, you know, the yards allowed, the points allowed, it's not good enough. It, it looks like a very middle of the road or even potentially a little bit below average defense. But what I would say to that, if you're looking at the numbers, is look at what they've done in the fourth quarter since that first Oregon game. I think they've allowed 24 points total in the fourth quarter since then. So they're a team that knows how to finish. Um, they, they definitely, I think, play to the level of their opponent. And you saw that especially kind of towards the end of the year, their last game against Wazoo in particular. They won 24 to 21. They had a hard time with a really bad Arizona State team. Uh, but they've also risen to the occasion against those ranked teams. They, they had as tough of a schedule as anybody in the country when you really look at it and the amount of ranked teams that they played and, and everything that kind of comes with it. So the defense would probably be my number one concern. I know Texas is super, super fast. Uh, their run game has been very good of late. Dylan Johnson in the second half of the season has been spectacular at running back, and he had a great game against Oregon. But I also know that this is a really, really stout Texas run defense. They've got some absolute hog mollies in the middle of that defense. So uh, UW's going to have a, a tough time running the ball, but uh, I know that the, the matchup that they're looking for is their three receivers against Texas' secondary, and that's probably where UW has a distinct advantage. We saw Michael Penix, you know, make some plays and, you know, typical for him kind of plays he made. But uh, the MVP of that game should have been Dylan Johnson. And we got to right. see how special he was. And they don't win that game without him, not even close. So what's your take on just on him? And I don't know, they, they just seem like such a together group with Dylan Johnson, Roma Dunze. They just seem so together. These are all guys you want to root for. Um, but how, how well does this offense play together? Yeah, it's a it's a really really good deep group. I think that obviously the playmakers like like a Dunze is going to be a top ten, top fifteen pick at receiver. Michael Penix is probably going to be a first or second round pick at quarterback. Dylan Johnson, like you said, he he was really the MVP of that game, regardless of how the the voting for that ended up going. But but really, it, it's their their offensive line. It kind of starts with that. They've got NFL dudes across the board there. They have an all-conference uh, guard who's a true freshman. So they, they've got a lot of really, really good dudes up there. They don't let Penix get hurt very often. They dictated that game against an Oregon defensive front that a lot of people thought was going to be tougher and more physical. But, um, they, I mean, if you look at the numbers last year to this year, they love to pass the ball. They've got a ton of receiving depth. They've got a ton of receiving talent. They've got NFL guys that, that Penix is throwing to there. They like their tight ends. But, Really, the, the reason that they're where they are right now is because they found that run game and they found a downhill, tough runner with Johnson who has been banged up too. He's been dealing with a foot injury and is still going out there and putting up big numbers. 
against Oregon. So it's, it's definitely a little bit more together. I think the play action game has really increased for them over these last few weeks. And uh, it just makes them that much tougher. And, uh, and I think that Texas defensively is really going to have their hands full with them. Change topics here just a little bit. I know we're talking college football playoff. I know we're talking Penix, maybe his Heisman hopes. But, you know, you guys just won the Pac-12 championship. But earlier in the year, the whole storyline was that there was no Pac-12. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> like, are, is it the Pac-2? It's just wa- Washington and Oregon State. Like, can, can you just break that down a little bit for me and explain what's going on? Yeah, so last year, USC and UCLA announced that they were leaving for the Big Ten, and that surprised everybody. It came completely out of nowhere, and the reason they were leaving is because the Pac-12 didn't have a new media rights deal. They didn't know where they were going to show their games on TV starting next season. They, they, just, they had no partnership with ESPN. They had no partnership with Fox or, or, or NBC or CBS or, or any of that. Um, so as we got into this year, that was just a big question, like what's the future of the Pac-12? Which teams are they going to add? Where are they going to play their games? Then Colorado leaves for the Big 12. And then right after that, UW and Oregon leave for the Big 10. And then that was kind of the, the, like, just, that was kind of the death of the Pac-12 officially was those five teams were all gone. Stanford, Cal left for the ACC. Um, Utah and the Arizona schools left for the Big 12. So now it's Washington State and uh, Oregon State in the Pac-2, and they're trying to kind of keep the conference alive. They're going to be playing, uh, I think they're each going to be playing six Mountain West teams next year to kind of fill out their schedule on top of playing each other. So the Pac-12 technically exists as a two-team conference going forward, as weird as that is to say, and they're trying to figure out ultimately what the future lies because they got kind of left out of all of this uh, reshuffling that happened with the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the ACC. All right, Brandon, last question or two here with you. What is your personal prediction? Yeah, I I think Washington's going to be able to put up enough points to win. I, I really do, and we saw we, we saw a matchup with Texas last year. UW played Texas in the Alamo Bowl. They're they're both very very different than than they were at that point last year, and both for the better. Uh, ultimately, I I just think that that UW's offensive talent across the board is huge. Uh, we you know you guys mentioned Roma Dunze, but Jalen McMillan is someone who had a thousand yards last year and has missed most of this year with injury. He had a really bad knee injury that that cost him I think seven or eight games, but. He came back and was kind of the safety blanket for, for Michael Penix last week and had like 130-something yards and was just moving the chains over and over again. I think he's an X factor, and I, I think Washington will win it. I think just based on what we've seen, it'll be another close one, but I think that they've just got enough going their way overall against Texas to be able to get it done. All right, last thing for me here. We, we know what they've got on their plate at this moment, but we also know what they stand to lose in the offseason. How do they remain relevant going forward? Yeah, they, they got to nail the transfer portal. Um, they have a quarterback they really like on, on the roster. His name's Austin Mack. He was a highly touted four-star guy. But he was supposed to graduate this year. Instead, he graduated a year early. He's redshirting this year. Um, they they got to they gotta nail the quarterback. Uh, I know that there are a lot of rumblings that, uh, that Rodgers, the kid from Mississippi State, is going to be coming up here, and that seems like that could be a good fit. That'll help them a lot, especially as they go to a tougher Big Ten schedule next year. Um, but but it but it starts with that. I think they're going to be able to retain most of their staff, but they're going to lose guys on both sides of the ball, starting with Penix, starting with the Dunesay. I think one of the two receivers, Polk and McMillan, are going to come back, at least one of them, which should help. But really, for them to stay relevant next year and contend for the Big Ten championship and potentially a playoff spot, they got to nail the transfer portal quarterback situation. 
Well, Brandon, look, we're down here in Alabama Crimson Tide country, so I know all our listeners are going to want to keep up with the Washington Huskies for if they do eventually play them or so they can continue to root you guys on so you can uh, finish the revenge on Texas for them. <laughs> but how can our listeners keep up with everything you got going on and all your Washington Huskies coverage? Yeah, so uh, SeattleSports.com is the is the website for our station. That's that's what I write on. I, I'm I'm one of two editors that kind of leads the charge there. Uh, we we have a you know you can listen live uh, through our website to all of our shows, and I help out with some coverage there too. And uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at VB Gustafson, and uh, definitely posting a lot of UW stuff. Uh, Heading up to this upcoming game, it's going to be really, really fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, Brandon, we appreciate it, man. We'll have to get you back on closer to uh, New Year's when we play. Yeah, man, sounds great. Appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Good stuff, and I love that Brand uh, that uh, Will Rogers to Washington talk. Yeah. You know, Will Rogers has shown all the talent in the world and what he could possibly do in that offense, man. Bring that on. I'd love well, to see it. might potentially have a breakout year like a Penix. For I mean, sure. Look, Penix didn't even get a senior bowl invite. Last year, now all of a sudden, he's on draft boards. He's, you know, in the Heisman race. So we'll see. Maybe that head coach out there is working some magic. But look, when we come back, we will continue this Stephen Root throwback Thursday edition of the final drive. We'll be right back. And also, I'm pretty sure the AC guy fell through the roof again. <laughs> I might be wrong, but we did hear a loud bang. At this point, it's time to hang them up, dude. Yeah, no one came <laughs> rushing this time. Everyone was just like, again. So we'll we'll go see what's going on. But this is the final drive. We'll be right back. This is Mayor Sandy Stimson. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM WNSP. Back to the final drive and just an update on our AC repair man. He did not fall through the ceiling again. He just dropped his ladder. He just dropped the ladder. So we're okay. It's time to go home and start over tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Just <laughs> clock. Go ahead and clock out for me. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Brandon. I think we got a lot of good Washington um, news and updates there. We don't really talk to Washington people often here. This is all SEC, but... That's why I wanted to be a little broad. You know, tell us who Kalen DeVore is. I'm sure a ton of people don't truly know his story. I and learned something. Me too. I mean, yeah, it's it's a wild story and how quickly he goes from getting the Fresno State job to now possibly trying to play for a national championship. Um, I don't know, buddy, Brandon, about your your personal pick. Texas is the better team here. They can beat them. They could. They could. But, I mean, that's why I asked about why is every game a one-score game going back to the December. And that's throwing in the the Arizonas of the world and Stanford. You know, these games are all decided by 10 points or less. You know, but we've seen them in big games too. We've sure. seen them step up against Oregon and USC, and they've done that. So, Well, look, if you want to step up, listener, in your car on the way home from work, I'm talking to you. You can call us, and you can be a part of the show at 251-694-1055. We have a caller on the line right now. Caller, who are we speaking with? Hey, this is Chuck. Oh, man. Welcome back, Rick. How, How are, are we, you, buddy? Man? It wouldn't be a show without you, man. Good to hear from you. <laughs> Well, I gotta I gotta ask you about last week's ball game. 
rip that rip that scab open again. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the uh, it, but you had to feel good after that first drive because Georgia's offense went through Alabama's defense like a hot knife through butter. You were all was looking up at that moment. Then I don't and, think I said a you, word for the next two and okay. a half hours. All right. Well, let me let me let's just shift gears. Staying there though, what, um, I see where Vandergriff is uh, leaving to go to Kentucky, and you'll be playing them at Lexington next year. Does that give them any kind of edge at all? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm Georgia fans are going to be happy for Vandergriff. He sat around. He was, you know, he 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 served his time there. The the opportunity never really came his way. Um, but you know, you gotta be happy for him. I mean, sure. Go get you an opportunity somewhere else. And then, uh, follow that up with uh, Beck's eligible to leave. You, you think he's coming back or is he, you think he's going to, I think, go to couple of combines, you know, I, I think he's somebody that could test really well and impress a lot of people and, and all the pre-draft stuff. But I think he comes back. I think it, uh, it sets up for him to truly come back and put up the kind of season that, you know, now he's in the top in discussion for the top quarterback spot. So I, I think if it's him, you know, you can come back to Athens, you can make some money in Athens now, come back and truly put a season together to where you're then the guy in the draft. So, you know, I think that's, sure. that's might, might be what happens. Well, hats off to you. If, if he goes t- talking about Kirby, if he goes twelve and zero next year in that regular season, then he's accomplished something. Man, that, uh, what a schedule! Road games to uh, Austin and, and to Tuscaloosa. Oh my goodness, they they're not showing him any mercy this year. No, uh, no, quite the schedule. Thing, I, I, I take it from your previous caller. You you really think uh, Texas is going to beat Washington? You got uh, Alabama over. Uh, Michigan and the Rose, and if so, we got a rematch, huh? I think so. I mean, that's that's where I have to stand today, man. I mean, Alabama getting to this point, you kind of got to just them getting there. Now you got to believe in them to take care of Michigan. And what has Michigan shown you these past couple years? You know, so I, I think Michigan's a little bit better than they've been these past couple years. But still, my my belief right now today is in Texas Alabama rematch. All right, buddy. Listen, good catching up with you. I will say one last thing. But I thought one of the funniest things, y'all may have discussed it, one of the funniest things on that selection show was when Reese Davis was interviewing uh, Eli Drinkwitz. Did you see that? And, you know, they're going to be playing, Missouri's going to be playing Ohio State. And he said, oh, Reese, excuse me. He said, I've got a phone call. He pulled out his phone. He says, it's Connor Stallions. He's doing some <laughs> scouting for me. I got to see what the Ohio State might be up to. Let me take this call. And Reese just busted out laughing. So I mean, it was just uh, the timing, everything. Eli's a funny guy anyway, but I just thought that was classic. So yeah. All right, my man. Have a good holiday. We'll catch up with you next time you're in town. Yes, sir. That's Chuck, man. Great to hear from him. Eli Drinkwitz, you you like to have some personality come from your head I like coach. Him. Yeah, I like him. But I like a funny. I funny do too. Coach. But only if you can also do what you got to do and put together the kind of program that define, Eli Drinkwitz has put together. Would you define Lane Kiffin as a funny coach? Um, not as much as people think. I mean, that's the thing that he gets painted as so much so as a, a goofy, and he can be. But he's that's how he called out Paul Feinbaum. Oh yeah, I mean, but Lane's just quick. He's present on social media. And he's he's quick and he's dry and he's witty, um, 
but he's not quite the guy that people make him out to be. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I think he's extremely funny and, you know, dry and quick and witty and all that. But, uh, you know, Eli Drinkwitz. If you could go get a drink with any SEC coach, who are you going with? Mm, good question. Thanks. My answer to that would be, I mean, yeah, you might have to go with uh, with Lane. You feel like there's more there. You feel like Lane gives you a, a little bit on the surface of these quick one-liner, you know, quick, dry, witty stuff on the surface. But uh, I think Lane's a pretty deep dude. I think that might have to be the answer. But, I mean, what, you going to pick Billy Napier? He seems like you'd be hanging out with a brick wall. Um, Pittman. Sam Pittman could probably <laughs> delete some beers with the best of them. Give me Nick Saban, man. Let me try and get him loosened up and see what he tells me. Yeah, I mean, you know that's probably who you want to crack open the most. Who do you want to really see loosened up would be him for sure. But, yeah, that's a good one. I got to do something about this beeping, man. You got to fix it. It's not a fire alarm. If it was alarm. me, it would have been fixed by now. It's not but a fire alarm. Well, it beeps at inopportune times. <laughs> you know, I'll be in the middle of a question or something. Right. Or talking to a guest. I can't just mute my mic. Because then I got to wait on the beep to happen again. And they're happening, you know, what, five minutes, ten minutes in between? It's frustrating, man. And, and it's not a fire alarm. There is no fire alarm in here. But look, at my old apartment when I moved out, so my fire alarm just kept beeping. So I, like, ripped it off my wall <laughs> and put it in my coffee battery. table. Yeah. I was just like, look, if it burns, it burns. <laughs> but then when I moved out, per had it perfectly cleaned up, and I, s I left the fire alarm, like, on, like, a little kind of uh, counter thing. Can't do that. Right next to where it's supposed to be plugged in at. And I get the bill. You know, I'm supposed to get my deposit back. They took off $75 for having to reattach the fire alarm. <laughs> you can't do that. Just change the batteries, everybody. If you got a beepy, a beepy fire uh, alarm, there's it just needs batteries. It's, it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. That was upsetting when I saw that. Well. But it's okay. Hopefully whoever's living there now uh, can sleep safe and sound knowing that their fire alarm... See, that... The fire alarm would just go off so easily. I couldn't cook food without it going off, which is frustrating. <laughs> but at my new place, I don't even know if I have a fire alarm because I haven't heard it. But I also haven't had a fire. So maybe it actually is working really well. Or you found an, uh, an oil with a higher smoke point. Maybe. Hard to say. What do you mean? Like avocado oil? Avocado oil does have a high smoke point. Hmm. Sunflower seed oil. Coconut oil. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we're open the rest. Let's get a caller in our ne next segment. You know, Chuck stepped up to the plate, but will you? This is the final drive. Hey, this is AJ McCarron, and you're listening to WNSD. to the final drive and remember you can be a part of the show 251-694-1055 preferably if you call we'll speak to you on air my guy Root just was talking to like old family friend or something so I missed someone's call but now we do have a caller on the line caller who are we speaking with yeah this is, this is Tom alright what's up man Hey, I, well, first, let me just say it's always good to see Stephen Root back in town. You guys are doing a great show today. Thank you, Tom. So, good but, to be back. With that, 
Yeah, well, we miss you, buddy. Uh, let me ask you a question, and this is probably kind of dumb, but you know the intro to the uh, afternoon show? Is that still the same deal with Auburn and uh, uh, Kick 6 thing where they run it all the way back? Isn't that the same intro yep, or not? Yeah, no, there is an audio excerpt from the Kick 6 in that intro. You're right. Yeah, I'm wondering this. I hadn't heard anything on the uh, touchdown for, uh, you know, in the final seconds there with Alabama over Auburn this year. I don't know. It just seemed to me like maybe we could – there goes that beeping again. I know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're, here, you're, you're hearing the you kick – You're crazy, man. You're hearing the kick six. Could, yeah, I wish y'all could update that a little bit. I, for one, of course, I'm a diehard Alabama fan, but I'm sick of hearing that – <laughs> I mean, my God, how long are they going to keep playing it, you know? Well, give them about five or six years, and we'll get us a new <laughs> intro. That seems to be how long it takes. Good show, guys. I'm enjoying it. Thank you, man. All right. A little programming tip. Yeah. Get on Tom. it. Get on it. Update it. Not a bad it. idea. Mix we, it in. We do have uh, basketball going on, Bucks and Pacers. Are they playing already? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so, like, yeah. Why are, we, why are we starting the big in-season tournament Final Four game at four? I don't know why they're doing that. Maybe so they could, but still they're starting the Laker game at 8 p.m. our time. Okay, so that's even weirder. Right. I mean, let's have the Laker game start at a normal time for us where we live. That would be nice. If you're, <laughs> I don't know what the deal is there. But, yeah, we, we you know, everyone knows us for talking NBA basketball. We haven't done it a bunch, you know. I just... This in-season tournament didn't excite me a lot. But now we've gotten down to it, and I'm going to watch. They didn't advertise it well. Man. I don't think they did. It just seemed kind of. It's good basketball. Like, that Kings-Warriors game was awesome, Yeah, man. I mean, that's, you know, we have gotten teams. Oh yeah, you've really got to do some. I don't know what to do. Now you've drawn attention to it. Now I everybody know. now knows. Now the callers are saying it. <laughs> yeah. If you just would have not drawn attention to it, people wouldn't have known. But now no, it's going to be all we hear. Everyone would have been commenting about it. Yeah, so. I will be paying attention to this Lakers Pelicans game, though. I mean, I have not. I've been in football mode all the way. I'm, you know, I know that a bunch of people aren't basketball fans, but now's the time to maybe get into it. Well, look, we got another caller. Caller, what's up? What you want to talk about? Yeah, since you two are the basketball gurus, uh, and I'm an Alabama fan, I'd like to know what's going on with some of our, you know, alumni in the league right now. What's that, Kyle Lewis? Is he over at uh, New Orleans? And a couple other people out there. I don't know if Colin Sexton's still bouncing around or not, but who do you see being probably one of the best Alabama guys coming under Nate O's that's going to be in the NBA in the future here? All right. Well, look, great question. I mean, look, <laughs> if we want to talk NBA, like we got to have some type of Alabama Crimson Tide slant. So thank you for lobbing that one up to us. Well, and you have the opportunity tonight to watch Alabama alum Herbert Jones yep. and all he does for the Pelicans, man. It, he is the one of the only guys on that team that plays defense uh I, I still am not sure about zion's defensive potential brandon ingram like he doesn't play defense but herb jones man i mean he he's what six eight i love players like that i love herb jones for being the you know just the kind of player he is he does everything you know he's not gonna give you 20 points a game but man does he scrap in every single game and defensively he's incredible you mentioned Kyra Lewis, guys like him, J.D. Davison. 
they've kind of bounced from from up and down to the G League and then back to the NBA. JD yeah. Davison on the Celtics and then back to their G League team. Um, Colin Sexton, he's still out there in Utah. Utah not looking too good. Um, I mean, it's kind of the same roster they had last year. They just added John Collins, and he isn't really doing much. Y'all just got, or I say y'all, but Jazz just got blown out by Luka and the Mavericks. They <laughs> won by like 50. A first half triple-double for Luka. Headband Luka. Man, Luka something. But um, also Brandon Miller. Yeah, that's, that's who you got to talk about when you're talking Alabama guys. I mean, dude was the second pick of the draft. Yeah. I mean, he's shown you here and there what he can be. But how many people are watching the Hornets right now? What do you have a Brandon Miller take? Uh, he looks okay. He, he does. looks he looks good. Um, he's a you can tell that he's confident in his shot. He'll just sling that thing. Uh, he's been fortunate to play off Lamelo, who has been getting like thirty point triple doubles. He's hurt now, but uh, I think Brandon Miller is. I'm not gonna say like blowing me away because I expected him to. I think I expect him to be what I'm seeing. How do you feel about Scoot Henderson? Scoot Henderson, I need more from. Yeah. He's like he's not taking any free throws, so he's not like being aggressive and driving. He's shooting a lot of threes. When he came into the draft, the big knock on him was that he can't shoot that well. I just feel like he's trying to play into, you know, Chauncey Billups is the coach out there. I don't know if maybe he has him trying to play into some type of different system. I don't know, but. I need Scoot Henderson to play the way that Scoot played to get him drafted as high as he did. I need him to play like Chauncey Billups played when he was playing around. I mean, it's like they're trying to get him to be this one-man show. I mean, you got DeAndre Ayton out there now. Bro, brutal. Portland is not good. No. Um, Why do the San Antonio Spurs only have one more win than my Detroit Pistons? What's going on with Spurs Victor Because the Spurs don't Wimbenyama? have a point guard. They don't have a point guard. And they're choosing to not have a point guard they're running uh jeremy sokan sochan at point guard and he's like a six nine small forward that didn't like he, he's not even like a small forward like a brandon miller right who has decent court vision and can dribble like this is a small forward yeah like imagine he's if more I was, of a four i mean you're, yeah imagine if i was like hey yo matt barnes like we all know who matt right. barnes is imagine if I was like, hey matt barnes like get the offense going i mean he's closer to draymond than he is but still even you know He's closer to Draymond, Draymond than can pass. Though. I know, right? I, <laughs> I don't want to call him Draymond because Draymond could like run the point. Like, imagine if like Rudy Gay couldn't score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that guy's not in the NBA, but this guy is, and that is the reason why they they are just not a competent team around Victor Wimbanyama. Victor Wimbanyama is amazing. If he's healthy and he has a 15-year career, he's going to be one of the 15 best players to ever play in the NBA. Mm. That's if he's healthy and if he plays. You know, an entire career. Because, I mean, he's got it all. He has it all. The Pistons have lost 18 games in a row. They're garbage. They're bad. They're garbage. The rebuild didn't work. It's Trash. It's, it's over. It didn't work. Yeah, you hired Monty Williams. You gave him all the money in the world. Um, why? It, Everyone on your roster would be the 10th man on any other roster in the NBA, except Kate Cunningham. And I don't even know if he'd really be like a starter in some places. It's it's bad. It's really bad. What you do at this point, you sell the team. I mean, you you start at the very top. Tom Gore is one of the worst owners in sports, I think. And he, he comes out, he says nothing. So um, that's... Are the Pistons the most cursed franchise in sports right now? Mm. Or is it the Carolina Panthers? Cursed. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, the Pistons won a championship within the past 
20 years. Right at 20 years. Yeah. So but how long can we really? Like, I mean, are you still <laughs> riding the high of no? What uh, Rashid Wallace and all those guys did? No, I'm just saying if you're gonna talk about most cursed, that's. I don't know. Maybe they're bad. They're just incompetent. Let's see. No, I'm not gonna read that <laughs> comment <laughs> on air. <laughs> this guy says the transfer portal needs to be fixed. All these players leaving before bowl season is over. Makes for crappy bowls. What's the answer? Well, maybe when we come back, maybe we can help find that answer. Maybe. No promises. But look, after this next segment, then we're going to be talking Tide and Tiger on the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Right now, you're listening to The Final Drive with myself, Nick Wiggins, and my main man, Stephen Root. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jake Peavy, MLB pitcher and Mobile, Alabama native. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Welcome back to the final, technically final segment of the final drive. Before we get into the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Titan Tiger Report. Root, we got four minutes here. We can talk about anything your little heart desires. What would you like that to be? Oh. Hmm. Current events and conspiracy theories. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like um, Florida State deleted all their – or, no, the college football playoff committee de deleted all their contact us information. Yeah, I saw that people were calling. <laughs> yeah. I saw a video where a guy called an Alabama fan called him at like 3 a.m. after they beat Georgia, and someone answered, and he was talking to them. Wouldn't you just love to know what that guy's life is like? Not really. Day in the life of that guy. <laughs> Ran that <laughs> yeah. random guy. No, I'm okay on that. You think they um, take the field to play Georgia? What does that game look like? What does Georgia Florida State look like? I don't know. There's gonna all the storylines are gonna be there. You know, you've already seen the narrative of the coaches not wanting to come to the press or you know not coming to the press conference and them having to cancel it. You gotta show up, right? You gotta be the bigger man. Your team's gonna show up. You gotta play and prove your worth, right? That would be pretty badass, though, if like. If, like, they were all on the sidelines and, like, they walk up to do the coin toss and just no one from Florida State walks to midfield, that would be awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, I say awesome. I'm, I'm saying awesome, like, how crazy and chaotic it would be and, you know, how all the, all the tweets and uh, the posts and the articles that would come from that would just be, you know, and just the easy show content. My goodness, how easy that would be. Speaking of Georgia, they've had their 11th player enter the transfer portal this time. Former five-star recruit Xavier Sori, big name. Um, didn't put up a ton of numbers this year. 19 tackles, one sack, pass deflection. Um, but top 50 recruit in 2021. Has two years left of eligibility. Uh, Makai Muse, I believe. I mean, you're seeing some guys that have been on the field. How many of th these guys are going to Colorado? Mm-hmm. 
What's Dion doing, man? Well, what is Dion doing? I was supposed to get my, my freaking blender shades. I was right about them. You were wrong about them. My Dion shades, they were supposed to come in on Tuesday. Last I'm time I was here, we week. were arguing about Dion. What? I was right. About what? Just generally everything about Colorado. R- what about Dion but were still. you right about that I was wrong about? Um, I don't know. I think we were looking at the schedule at that point whenever I was here last and trying to find any more wins for him. Um, but still, I'm calling the season a success for, for Dion, from what he got handed to him and what they did. Yeah, it was all early on, and how real was it? I'm still calling it a, a success. And But now we're, we're seeing players, what's really going on up there now? We're seeing a lot of players leave, but is that him again getting the guys out he doesn't want there? Um, coaching, it's just kind of a weird thing going on with them. But still, I think there's going to be a ton of players that – why wouldn't you want to go play for, for Dion? So, yeah, I think they're going to be highly busy in the transfer portal. But it's just so crazy right now. Yeah. I mean, you think that you don't think that maybe some people see everything that happened at Colorado this year and that might kind of deter them away? You know, how they kind of – they did not progress as the season went on, right? They peaked and they kind of kept slipping and they kept slipping. And then by the time, you know, the season was over, it seemed like everyone just was n- – out a bit because even those losses for the most part they were all like one score losses man they were in all those games ranked competition unranked competition every game was tight then it got to the end and it, well it kind of uh, i mean the, if you've got shador and travis hunter you know guys that we're going to want to play with those kind of guys and you just have to get better on the defensive and offensive line um you've got to protect protect shador somewhat and yeah, there's going to be a ton of players that maybe don't want that, or but there's going to be so many that do. I mean, they're not going to have any issue getting players to want to play there. Um, but what does is, what is year two look like, and how much better could it possibly be? Well, they'll be in the Big 12, right? That's true. I mean, I would have to think their goal is a bowl game. Got to be. Win six games. Yeah, got to be. And, I mean, with the talent of Shador that – You've got to round. You got to be more well-rounded of a team. You've got to get some help in the big positions where it matters. And look, Dion said, "If you're gonna get me, get me now." Right. So, I mean, and a lot of people did. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, we'll turn it around. Hopefully, my blender shades get here. My Dion sunglasses. I got a 45-day return policy on them. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna utilize that or not. Maybe I'm thinking about it. Nah, I'm going to wear those things confidently, man. My whole world going to be tinted gold. Mm-hmm. It's like Dion's. I should get the cowboy hat. But look, this is the final drive. Coming up next, Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. We're going to talk a little Alabama Crimson Tide with Stephen M. Smith. We'll be right back. This is the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report on 105.5 FM WNSP. An hour of the latest news and reports from the Plains and the Capstone with Corey LaBounty and Nick Wiggins. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Heath Parker. Streaming live on the Sound of Mobile app. Here are Corey and Nick. Welcome to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. No Corey LeBounty here. It's me and my guy, Stephen Root. Corey is broadcasting the 
high school state championship games. You'll be able to hear him after this show. Well, at 7 when Gulf Shores competes for their title. But look, right now we've got the Steven Root. We got the Georgia Steven here. He's upset. He's depressed. We get it. The beeping is still going on. I, I actually thought it had stopped for a while, but it's back. But now let's talk to the maybe more happy, uh, more giddy Steven, the Alabama Stephen M. Smith, senior reporter for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Stephen, how's it going, man? I know you're feeling better than this Georgia fan that I'm looking at across from me. I mean, it, it, it has been a great week. I mean, uh, you're coming off an SEC championship. You're now getting set to see what this 2024 recruiting class could look like with signing day coming up here in a week or so. It, it, it's a fun time. Yeah, Stephen, good to hear from you, man. I mean, we've uh, we've made it to this point, and that game was it was a great game. I mean, being a Georgia fan, it, that one hurt just the way it went down. But still, I mean, all the credits to Alabama. I'm man enough to give it to them. Um, the team they've they've turned into over the course of the year. We were talking about it earlier. Like throughout this whole season, it kind of felt like Georgia was skating along, just kind of doing what they had to do at a lot of points. But Alabama truly had to build something from what they were in the beginning of the year. Um, talk about that from just the, what they had to actually build to get to this point. It, it, was, it was a lot that had to be built because you're talking about you replacing a Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young. You're replacing one of the greatest defensive players to ever come through your program in Will Anderson. You're replacing two coordinators in uh, Ben O'Brien and Pete Golding. There were a lot of pieces that had to be replaced, but there was also that swagger, toughness fight, that uh, that Bama fight that had to come back into the program in a sense of when you brought up the name Alabama football, there was, there was a sense of respect. There was a sense of reverence that came with that, and that was lost a bit of the last couple of years prior to you know this season. So getting uh, new coaches in here, uh, getting the team that bought, that bought into, we're not just a bunch of talented guys. We're guys that will play for each other, that will go all out for each other. We're building something together, and we're getting back to that, having that respect factor on our side of things again after seeing it being lost of the last couple of years. You guys currently have the second best odds to win the entire national championship, Michigan is the team with the best odds. You guys are obviously facing them in the first round. What does Alabama need to do to get that upset win over Michigan? Well, for, well first and foremost, for Alabama's offense, they can't have the mistakes. Michigan does have some guys on its defensive front and also its secondary. They got some playmakers that, that can attack the football, that can follow the ball and create turnovers. So for Alabama – offensively, you can't have the penalties, the mental mistakes, but then you also can't have the turnovers giving Michigan a chance to hang around in the game. And then defensively for Alabama, taking away Blake Corum, he's their best weapon as a running back. He's going to get the ball 25 to 30 times a game. Jim Harbaugh is going to feed him the rock. So being able to stay disciplined in your gap assignments, not over-pursue the play, but find Blake Corum, get them down in the backfield, 
force Michigan to play behind but down in distance and make J.J. McCarthy beat you. McCarthy's a good quarterback, 19 touchdown passes, just four interceptions. They don't necessarily have a marquee deep threat, which is the reason why they depend on Blake Corum to get them in those second and short, third and short situations and then go off of that with play action pass. So for Alabama, you got to man your run gap defensively, play in Michigan's backfield, force them to play behind the chains every time. Do you think that uh, Alabama, Texas is, is on the path? Do you think they're destined to meet again? And do you think that's what the, the regular college football fan out there, do you think that is the most intriguing matchup? That, 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 for the college football fan, that's the most intriguing because they, they want to see, is Steve Sarkeesian for real, for real? Like, could he beat Saban again in the same season and really get Texas back? Because Texas has been crying, we're back, we're back for a while. But can Sarkeesian really be the one to bring them back? Or is this the moment where Saban, after losing to Sarkeesian early, he gets that get back over Sarkeesian, gets that seventh national title with Alabama that can put him concretely over Paul Bear Bryant in terms of national championships where that is concerned. So that would be the most intriguing matchup. It would be if Texas back versus Saban getting that seventh national title, but eighth for his career. We'll get back to the actual games. We're talking to Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But news today. Transfer portal, Ja'Cory Brooks. Um, what, what do you make there? What, what do you make of the career of Ja'Cory Brooks at Alabama and why it may not have worked out the way he wanted? Well, first and foremost, Bama Nation will always remember him as the hero in the 2021 Iron Bowl, the game-tying 28-yard touchdown catch there at Jordan-Hare from Bryce Young to tie the game at 10. And ultimately, you know, Bama wins the game 24-22. to uh, Ja'Cory Brooks the next season had eight touchdown receptions to lead the team. He had been dealing with a nagging shoulder, you know, all year or so. Didn't have much of a chance to play. And on top of that, there were just some guys on the roster that were just hungrier that wanted to be on the field. Whether that guy was Jermaine Burton, Isaiah Bond, Kobe Prentiss, Kendrick Law. You have a young guy in Jalen Hale that's starting to come up as well. So there were other guys on the roster, probably a bit more hungrier than Ja'Cory, but at the same time, when you have an injury at a position where Coach Saban stockpiles a lot at, that being wide receiver, and when you have other guys ready to jump into the fire right then while you're dealing with that injury, it's a tough pill to swallow, and it's tough on Ja'Cory. I mean, great dude, good kid, you know, want him to go somewhere where he can be, you know, the, the big-time factor, get himself healed up and, and be a playmaker out there because if he, was, if he were to have stayed – it, it would have been tough if he were to have stayed because you look at – would he take a spot from Isaiah Bond? I don't think so. Would he take a spot from Kobe Prentice the way he's been playing? Probably not. Would he take a spot from Kendrick Law? Probably not. And then you got this Ryan Williams kid coming in from Sterling High School. That kid's a, 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 that kid's a stud. So it was going to be tough on Ja'Cory. So I wish him the best. Well, look, it's the time where players are moving, but it's also the time where coaches are starting to be moving. Alabama's special teams coordinator, he is now going to take the defensive coordinator job at Mississippi State. Is this a big loss for Alabama? It's a loss from the recruiting standpoint. Coleman Hutzler, a phenomenal recruiter, one of the guys on the trail, that young athlete they vibe well with. You know, he understands them. They get him. So 
it stings a bit from the recruiting aspect, but at the same time, knowing Coach Dave, and he's already got somebody lined up that can slide into that role and, and help the recruiting not take that much of a dip if there's a dip that happens at all. But we, we all know this, guys. Coaching is a fraternity. Every position coach wants to be a coordinator. Every coordinator wants to one day be a head coach. There are progressions that these guys take. And here's Coleman Hutzler understanding I've had two years with Coach Saban. I've had the chance to help Will Anderson become a top three NFL draft pick. I've had a chance to help guys like Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell become high draft picks for the upcoming venue. I've had a chance to help Will Riker become the nation's all-time leading scorer in terms of points are concerned. I've had the chance to help James Burnup improve his numbers from last season to this season. So now I get a chance to go be a defensive coordinator at Mississippi State on Jeff Nebby's staff and make something special happen there. So a great move for Coach Hutzler, a great move for his family. I'm happy for him. All right. What is the official Stephen M. Smith score prediction? The score prediction here for, for Bama, Michigan, right now, I know it's early, but right now, I, I've been teetering with, I've been teetering with 31-20 Bama, 31-20 Bama right now. That's the exact score that I predicted Georgia would beat Alabama by in the <laughs> SEC championship. But I got, I, I got 31-20 Bama at this moment right now. I'm about to start actually breaking in more of my game tapes and look at the Wolverines and what they do and the tendencies that they like to go with. But just right now, I'll have 31-20 Bama. We did mention the transfer portal a little bit. I mean, is there anybody you might – I mean, is it going to be a more active than usual transfer portal for Alabama or just, you know, typical kind of what we see from, from Alabama? I, I think it's going to be kind of typical here, the guys that, that, that they know – they may not have a chance to crack into that starting rotation or that too deep uh, movement there or going to head elsewhere. And you, you'll probably see a couple more guys here in the coming weeks that will declare joining Tyler Buckner, Thayu Jones-Bell, Ja'Cory Brooks, and Isaiah Hastings. But then also I can see Nick Saban dip into the portal for, for some guys. And the portal's going crazy. Several talented athletes have jumped in there. So we may see Saban dip in there to maybe get a wide receiver, possibly get a defensive lineman. We could see Saban dip in for a defensive back as you look at Malachi Moore's gone after this year. Jalen Key could potentially go you know, after this postseason. Terion Arnold has played himself in most people's eyes as a first-round pick. He could go and be looking at Kool-Aid McKinstry as well. So Saban could dip in there for a defensive back. It's going to be fun. I don't, I don't think, I don't see just a whole bunch of Bama players leaving for the portal. Just the ones that know they may not make that too deep rotation. Well, Stephen, we got another couple of weeks before Alabama uh, puts the helmets on again, toe to leather, in the words of a Corey LeBounty. But our listeners are going to be extra hungry and starving for some great Alabama football content. Where can they follow you and keep up with everything that you're doing? They can follow they can follow us at, at touchdownalabama.com, touchdownalabama.com. We're giving it to you from the recruiting aspect as we're getting close to the National Signing Day. So we're giving it to you from that end. And then for the team coverage, you can follow us right there, touchdownalabama.com. 
Alabama-Michigan.com as we're getting ready to put out these breakdowns for Alabama-Michigan. Who, who has the edge on different sides of the ball, different position groups. That's going to be fun right there to break into. And then for the Bama Nation that wants to see, you know, how are the guys that are in the NFL, how they're progressing, the Bryce Youngs, Tua Tagovailoa's, Jalen Hurts, those guys. You can follow us right there as well, touchdownalabama.com, you know, for all Bama content, recruiting, uh, current team, and guys in the pros. We appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely. You guys take care. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. 31-20. You heard the man. Confident. Yeah. I don't know about that. Any though. pick's a good pick. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it's going to be a good one. It's going to be close, I think. I think Alabama's going to win, but 31-20 seems big to me. I think we might be looking like 20-14. to 14. Oh, man. I don't know. I think I think that Bama defense can give up some scores to Michigan. Uh, potentially. Well, look. We have hit the quota for half of this show. That's the tide. That's the tide. Where that tide at? We'll get to that at 5.30. We'll talk with Brian Matthews. We'll talk about something when we come back. Something that we didn't just talk about with Steven. Give us a call. Yeah, yeah. Any Alabama fans, upset Florida State fans, Georgia fans want to call in, chat with us. We got like five minutes open for you. So if you call in, those five minutes are yours. Or three minutes, and then maybe we can give the other two to someone else. You know, we'll play it by ear. I haven't heard the beeping in probably a good ten minutes. Well, why did you say anything? I don't know. Just to... Let people know I still haven't fixed it. It just has stopped. <laughs> but we'll be right back. This is the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Hi, this is Dan Jennings with the Washington Nationals, and you're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Call now at 694-1055 or take part on the WNSP app. Once again, Corey and Nick. Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Just got done chatting with Stephen M. Smith about Alabama, the playoffs, recruiting, transfers, coaching changes. Did we miss anything? I think we've been on top of just about everything. Knowing us, I'm not surprised. I mean, we've been all over the road. We've even uh, done a little NBA in-season tournament going on. I think we've covered everything adequately well cannot mention the nba in-season tournament during the gulf coast auto tech tide and tiger report route i i I knew better jeez come on man that's that's a demerit right there (laughs) but look we got a caller on the line good caller who are we chatting with here on the gulf coast auto tech tide and tiger report this is alabama nature boy of course it is how we doing brother good man wouldn't be a show without you either I'll tell you what, man, it's good to hear your voice. Um, my dad, uh, 89-year-old dad, he's uh, from Athens, Georgia originally, and he's a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan. But I've kind of got a soft spot for the Bulldogs. I, I, you know, I'm a big Alabama fan. I'm ecstatic that we're in the thing. Um, but um, 
Georgia is the first or second best team in the nation. So if anybody's got a gripe or a right to feel bad is the Georgia fan base about their team not being in the playoffs. Any other year, Georgia would be in. This weird year is what's kept them out. But, um, you know, like I say, if you want the four best, Georgia's one of those four. But it is what it is. But, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, buddy. You can't watch that game and not come to that conclusion that those are two of, if not the two best teams in the country. And. But uh, yeah, you've had records this year from a lot of a lot of good records from a lot of teams. You know the committee had to do something. Um, but even even Alabama and Georgia, there's been better versions of them recently. I mean, this year is just kind of weird. Georgia skated along this year. They played down to a lot of people. Um, you know, they had their games where they just kind of slept, walked through it. But when you get to that moment. Um, it, it had its moments that it was not the prettiest game in the world uh, for Georgia, especially. But watching that game, most people think that those were the two best teams in the country, or two of the. Yeah. So, and I think that's why everyone's giving Alabama so much credit and respect because, I mean, they just beat the best team in college football and ruined their chance of being in the playoff. And I don't necessarily think people see Michigan as much better or maybe even better at all than Georgia. So that's really given Alabama a lot of hopes into this college football playoff. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I've said earlier in the show, that Alabama just getting themselves to this point, you now have to believe in them to finish the deal. Um, if they're able to do that against Georgia, yeah, hell yeah, you can do it against any, anybody else. So, But what uh, about all the things Michigan has overcame? I mean, look, Michigan's equally as impressive, but you've got the past two years of them totally, one, getting just destroyed by Georgia that first year, and then again, them losing to TCU. So they've gotten themselves here before, very recently. What you what are you doing with it? Not much. So, you know, you've got that history to work with too, um, but you just kind of have to believe the the ascension of Alabama and them getting to this point. They're They're going to be as tough as anybody. Well, look, guys, we're listening to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. We have talked Tide, talked a little Georgia. We even mentioned the NBA sorry. tournament. Yeah. Sorry. I know management is going to be on my ass tomorrow for that one. But we'll get back on track here. We're going to talk Auburn Tigers coming up with Brian Matthews. What angle are we, what are we talking about Auburn? I mean, we can't, we're not talking about the Iron Bowl anymore. People in the app, give us questions yeah, about yeah. Auburn. Yeah, yeah, hey, <laughs> drop your Auburn questions. We'll in. get them answered for yeah, you. Yeah, I guarantee we'll ask them. <laughs> drop your Auburn questions in the app, uh, whatever you want to know, because this guy, he knows everything there is to know about Auburn. He's an expert. So we'll be right back with Brian Matthews on the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Hey, this is Stuart Sink for the PGA Tour. You're listening to WNFB Sports Radio and Mobile. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Call now at 694-1055 or take part on the WNSP app. Once again, Corey and Nick. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. And just a reminder, no, Corey LeBounty is not here. He is broadcasting all the Alabama High School State Championship games. 
Congrats to local Mobile Christian on winning theirs. Gulf Shores is up for theirs tonight. Sarah Land tomorrow. But right now, me and my guy Steven Root, we're about to talk a little Auburn Tigers with none other than Mr. Brian Matthews of AuburnRivals.com. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look, Auburn, the season, I don't know. Would you say that the season was how you expected? Are you pleasantly surprised? Are you disappointed? Just kind of recap your feeling on how Hugh Freeze's first coaching year went. I think if you're evaluated, you can add all those things together, right? Because, um, you know, getting six wins and getting bowl eligible was a um, accomplishment, I felt, for this team. Um, losing at home to Mexico State was uh, a pretty bad loss historically. And, um, you know, going out and playing Alabama um, as well as Auburn did and coming so close to pulling that upset uh, against a team that's going to be in the four-team playoff is, you know, it's disappointing, but also shows a lot of fight from that team. So I think there are a lot of ups and downs. I think how they responded to that four-game losing streak in the middle of the season, came back and won three straight, was also uh, pretty impressive. So some good and some bad, but I think the most important thing with Auburn right now is just continuing to recruit their tails off and, uh, you know, adding to the talent on this team so they can start competing more consistently at a higher level. Yeah, you guys have definitely been making some strides in the recruiting realm. But, look, I mean, you guys played all the tough competition you had this year I mean, pretty well. Like, you played Georgia really well. You gave Alabama the biggest scare they've probably had all season, except for the one loss they did take against Texas. But you did do enough to earn yourself a spot in the Music City Bowl. You guys are going to take on Maryland. How do you think that game's going to go? What has Maryland got cooking? What are you guys cooking? How's it going to pan out? <laughs> well, we know Maryland's got a really good quarterback, right, who can sling it all over the field and who's put up big numbers this season. And uh, I don't know how to spell his name. Is it Tal Tual? I, I don't I don't know. Talia Tagliavoa, is that right? Good but, enough. Um, yeah, good he's enough. a heck Close of a quarterback, enough. no matter how bad, Never I, seen that how bad I, I, I kill his name. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and, and, you know, Auburn, we'll see. I think they'll be pretty motivated. Uh, they've already sold out their um, – the tickets that uh, were given to them by the bowl. Uh, so that's that's a good sign that it's going to be a good Auburn crowd there. Uh, they've had some success at the Music City Bowls in the past. And it'll just be interesting to see, you know, what players decide to opt out, what players go ahead and play, and just what this team looks like once they get to December 30th. Brian, Stephen Root here. Good to have you back on, buddy. Um, hey, Stephen. Hey, man. I, yeah, I just – yeah, we got a game to play, sure. But, I mean, I think – most people the focus is this offseason and what you do recruiting and transfer portal wise what's the quarterback position going to look like um cam coleman that was just a huge get by auburn you yeah, know we've got somebody in the app their question would be better chance at flipping kj bolden or ryan williams you know who knows about mm -hmm. that but let's start somewhere just recruiting or transfer portal wise how how aggressive does they do they have to be Oh, they're already very aggressive. And that's a great question about uh, who they have a better chance. I think they've got a decent chance at both. Maybe I would say Ryan Williams just because he's visited Auburn so much. And because, you know, if he does reclassify to, to 2024, 
Uh, I think his recruitment will go all the way to February before he can sign, so that could be uh, quite a battle. <laughs> uh, and then, um, you know, with um, KJ, uh, he, he's visited some too. Of course, he, he he visited this week, and that that one's going to be interesting to watch. But you know, I don't I don't necessarily I don't know that that one could be a flip too. We'll see. That that one's really interesting to watch here. Um, Auburn, even when they lost him, you know, the Florida State, they continued to recruit him really really hard. So, and and the, these coaches have now sort of got a little history behind them of flipping. Uh, talented players late, so um, that's what Freeze and, and, and these guys do, and um, would not be shocked to see them do it with either or both or, or neither of those guys, but I think it'll be close for both of them. Is every possibility out there on the table for this quarterback position? I mean, at times, just kind of just kind of brutal to watch at points, and the direction of yep. the position and playing time gotten by by each guy's, you know, what what does the ideal quarterback position look like? Well, I think all options are open as far as what Auburn's going to do at quarterback. They're going to sign one kid in, in the 24 class. That's Walker White. Um, they have the option of going out there and trying to um, sign a high-profile kid, a kid that you feel, you know, is 99% going to come in and be better uh, than Peyton Thorne and, and be that starter. Um, they could do that. Uh, a guy like that is probably going to – uh, take a whole bunch of cash money, uh, NIL money, so to speak, to, to land. Um, another option, option B, is to roll with Peyton. You feel good about the way he played down the stretch in a lot of ways, and you feel like if he has a better offensive line and definitely a better wide receiver core to throw to, that he can be much more productive. And um, that's, a, that's a possibility. And then the other possibility I guess I could go in with option B is you could always sign, if this person exists, right, if, if it becomes a portal, maybe a younger quarterback with multiple years of eligibility that wants to come and compete, maybe he could be the starter next year. And the other thing you could do, if you do decide to roll with Peyton and the guys you got, um, you can invest in wide receivers and offensive line. You can help out the defense in the secondary on the defensive line and at uh, Jack Linebacker, the pass rusher. And then if you need to next year, uh, then you can go out and maybe invest in one of those big-time quarterbacks when you've got all these um, talented receivers coming back for their sophomore year and they're seasoned, and uh, you've had another year to rebuild that offensive line. So I think all options are open, but I don't think anybody should focus on this is what Auburn has to do or it's a failure. I think all those different ways are paths to success. Another option for quarterback that's been rumored or linked is Fairhope's own quarterback, uh, for Duke right now, Riley Leonard, he entered the yeah. transfer portal. He uh, has the do not contact. People are saying he pretty much yep. knows where he's going. And it was between, what, Notre Dame and uh, Auburn, I think, were like the two main options. Is yep. there any uh, legit legitimacy to that? Oh, there's definitely interest on both ways, I think, with Riley and Auburn. Auburn and Riley is just, if you're Auburn, you got to make that decision. If you take Riley, um, then you know that Peyton's probably going to leave and, heck, he may lose some other guys. And, you know, there's an opportunity cost of, okay, you spend that type of money you have to get to get a Riley Leonard. You may not be able to invest in much, in as much into maybe a receiver like Ryan Williams or maybe a top pass rusher or maybe a big left tackle or uh, a top cover corner, some guys maybe you need uh, to bring in to help out in other areas. So, uh, but I do think that's a legitimate possibility. 
On the, um, right now, with quarterbacks, my, my opinion on what's going to happen is they're going to stand pat. That's my opinion. Uh, but other, I'm not saying that as a fact. I, I just think that's my best guess at the moment, and I think it's, you know, 55-45 type thing. Okay, I got you. Well, look, on the other side of the ball, uh, you're losing a lot of defensive backs. You got three of them yep. already having accepted invites to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Is that a position that is going to be looked to be filled through the transfer portal as well? They definitely going to have to help themselves out there for sure. No, no question about it. Um, and right now, you know, my guess is I probably lose all five starters. You know, one of those guys could change their mind and and come back. Um, I think Auburn did a good job the last two years. Um, they signed eight defensive backs in the 23 class. They got five more commitments in this class. That's, you know, 13 new uh, defensive backs you're bringing in in the last two classes uh, to replace all these guys that are leaving. But you still need to balance that out with a little bit more um, leadership and, you know, get some veterans in there that have been there and done that. So I do think they're going to pick and choose in some certain areas there to help them out. Um, you know, at cornerback, at nickel, safety. Uh, and that's going to be an area uh, that they'll have to fill. And then the defensive line is another spot on defense where there's just not, um, you know, Marcus Harris could could return maybe, um, but you've got Kevin Falk coming back and not a lot of proven guys like big-time playmakers there. So you need starters, you need uh, rotational pieces. You just need a lot on the, a lot on the defensive line going forward now they are recruiting well there but you don't have to throw a bunch of freshmen into the mix right maybe one one or two freshmen in the rotation maybe one becomes a starter but you still need those big vets in there too well brian look we appreciate it and we can't wait to see what hugh freeze has up his sleeve now that this transfer portal is open we can't wait to see how this music city bowl pans out hopefully auburn can hit seven and six with a win in that and have that winning record for hugh freeze's first year but if all our auburn yep. fans and even our you know, angry Alabama fans want to just hate read what you got going on. The Auburn fans, they want to read it, you know, just because they're excited about their team and their future. Where can they find everything that you got going on? Yeah, all the hate readers can uh, follow me uh, on Twitter slash X and threads at BMATAU. And they can also come to AuburnSports.com and hate read the heck out of my stories. Right. You're welcome. Come on. <laughs> hey, hey, look, if, if y'all flip Ryan Williams, there will definitely be some hate reading, oh. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah that, that'll be heated for sure. Either way, yep. Well, Brian, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Some big news in the SEC also um, okay. coming out of Florida. Gators running back Trevor Etienne leaving that program. And uh, the rumor is now that he is considering Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Clearly the guy wants to win, and it ain't happening in Gainesville. You want to go play with the big dogs. That's right. Okay, okay. I'd gladly have him. Oh, yeah, because he's electric, man. <laughs> What's going on out there in Florida, man? That's a mess. I mean, it's a how, how long is the is the experiment they got going on there? Longer right now than I thought it would be with that – how long the leash has been on Billy Napier, I think you've seen enough. I mean, Florida, you got to hold yourself to the highest of standards. And is Billy Napier that guy? I think I've seen enough. But clearly giving him a little bit more more time, I just I don't see it, man. Well, I mean, you can't just have, like, the revolving door. I, you know, and I'm, I'm typically not somebody. I'm typically somebody that would 
you know, like to see the proper amount of time given to a college coach, especially with what all needs to do to put in your own program and get your own players in there. I'm typically more on the conservative side to give player, give coaches time to build their own thing. But, you know, just you've gotten this far and already just does not seem to look like this is going to work. That's just kind of how I feel about Florida. Yeah, I thought they were going to be better than they uh, ended up being this year. But I don't know. But, I mean, that says it all. You're one of your best players wants to go to a winning program because he knows that's not happening where he is. I mean, that's clearly what Trevor Etienne wants is to win. Uh, right. You know, it's not a money decision. It's not that. that well, that's tell might, it might get something more. I'm money. sure, yes, money's always a part of every decision. But you're throwing those names out there because you want to go win. Well, if Alabama gets him, I know they'll be excited because I think this is the first time Nick Saban has ever coached an Alabama team and not had a running back hit 900 rushing yards Wow! in the regular season. Hmm. So. Old guy can still coach. Oh no, that that I'm well aware of. <laughs> I think Nick Saban, after beating Kirby, you know, everyone was saying that Kirby was kind of taken over. I think Nick Saban has reestablished himself. If he ever re even needed the reestablishing as the best coach in college football and the goat. Look what happened to David Pollock. He ran his mouth. Now look at him. Be careful with that. Anything you say on the internet, it's there forever. <laughs> and they will hold you to it. One more segment. Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. We will be right back. Hey, this is Dabo Sweeney. And you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. Call now at 694-1055 or take part on the WNSP app. Once again, Corey and Nick. Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Tide and Tiger Report. I am joined by Stephen Root. It's our final segment. You're already Steve begging me Root. to come back. I know. Make a promise on air. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun, man. You know you can call on me anytime. You gonna, you gonna come back tomorrow? Oh, you need me that? Yeah. Okay, I'll be here. You'll be here tomorrow. No, you got to figure it out. What? Can't do it. Oh. Dang. What you got going on? Tomorrow? Yeah, it's more important than hanging out with me. Well. And hanging out with all of our listeners who miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like uh, Leroy looking like they might come away with a win. Okay. Leroy leading 28-21 with two minutes left. That game's been a good one. We got the prep spotlight coming up next. That's right. Pigskin Gulf Shores Pete, Brian after Dinard. that. Yeah, man. Sarah Land tomorrow. Once again, Ronnie Cottrell out there somewhere he's enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, he's having top. a good time yeah. somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in T-Town. Hey, good for Ronnie Cottrell. Love to see it. That's right. You think our local high school teams, do they sweep? Do they go 3-4-0 well, with Leroy? I think so. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I feel very strong about Sarah Land, as you should. Yeah, most people do. Gulf Shores, I think they've got a great shot, man. Love to see it for the local teams. All right. Well, look, if Root said it, then it's probably going to happen, right? Nah, don't listen Isn't to me how on it anything. Oh. I'm not right a lot. <laughs> mm. I follow my heart, and that gets me in trouble. 
Uh, you been in any trouble lately? No, I've been on the. You've been following your brain. Keeping keeping my nose clean, <laughs> brother. <laughs> but that's good. Yeah, man, life is good out there. That's good. Life is good out there in the world of Stephen Root. Just the sports teams often causing heartache. But yeah. at least I have the Detroit Lions, you, right? How you, terrible does that sound? That at least I have the Detroit Lions to make me feel better about my sports fan. Well, and I think that the uh, I don't think the Detroit Lions are that good. Ah, yeah, it's it's iffy. That defense, man. It's I porous think to say the least. You guys are last year's Minnesota Vikings. Ugh. They're know? exciting though. Well, I mean, yeah, the Vikings were exciting last year. Yeah. Then they got they lost to the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Tide and Tiger Report. Jameer Gibbs. He is. There you go. <laughs> he's the best running back that came out of that draft. Um, no. I think we can all agree on that. He's definitely the best used. Yeah. He's definitely the best used, but no. Bijan is everything Gibbs can do with like but 30 Gibbs more pounds. But Gibbs is doing it, though. Gibbs is doing it. Yeah, he, but you, he doesn't have Jared Goff running his offense, <laughs> which I can't believe I'm saying. <laughs> we have Desmond Ritter. You're one Jared Goff short of being a really good football team. We really team. are. If, we, if Jared Goff was our quarterback, we would have three losses. We'd be we'd be nine and three right now. Where's Drake London at? Where's Kyle Pitts at? It's it's. They're 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 actually they just got done running their route and they're still open. <laughs> yeah. But Desmond Ritter, uh, got sacked. Unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, look, Detroit. They they could go five and two to close the season. They got Minnesota twice. They've got the Bears this week, and they've got Denver and the Cowboys. That's your. I'm gonna give the Vikings a win out of the two. And I'm going to give the Cowboys a win. But the Lions are going to find a way to – all these games are going to be exciting. I oh, mean yeah. – but still, I mean, that's uh, – Yeah, I'll play everyone good except for Baltimore. That was that was brutal. That was pretty Y'all just don't have a defense, man. No. I'll put up points. That offense is good, but no defense. No defense. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, what's he doing? He's kind of disappeared a little bit. I mean, he obviously gets the attention of – of everybody, you know, getting double teamed and all that. But Bruce Servin, they brought in off the street, and he had a sack last week. Good for him. Yeah, good for Bruce Servin. <laughs> good for the Lions. Good for Steven Root. Yeah, yeah. Because nothing else is giving you joy right now. Have you gotten to the point as a Georgia fan where it's like championship or bust? Like, you finished as the fifth best team. You're probably going to finish higher, you know, if you beat Florida State. But is it still just like, oh, man. Yeah, and I hate that, you know. At 29 wins in, I I get I was real upset about how that Bama game shook out, and I'm like, man, why am I allowing this to happen to my emotions? I I can't. It just didn't feel right that I was allowing this team to have a, a play on my emotions that way. But that's clearly where they are. I've, I've let it happen to myself. You get, you get so wrapped up that yes, it is absolutely championship or nothing, and I hate that. That's not life. Well, look, it seems like once a team gives you that peak happiness of a championship, you know, it sets the new standard, and it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, I'm pretty sure the Saints have the highest winning percentage of any NFL team, or they're at least in, like, the top three over the past, like, eight years. But I get, I would bet that all Saints fans would be pretty upset with how these past <laughs> uh, seasons have gone. Pelicans, Lakers, who you got? Uh, I'm going to rock with the Lakers. I got to go with my king. <laughs> hey, it's a big opportunity. The biggest game of Zion's career to this point as a pro. That's sad. I mean, it is. But, hey, he's prime time. We're, we're going to be watching. 
And I'm going to give the edge to Giannis and Dame in that game. I do think Indiana is good. Um, but I, I, I got to roll with my stars. I'm rolling with the stars. Braun and Giannis. And that would just be the best final, too, in Vegas. Thanks for having me today, buddy. Always good to see you. It's my pleasure. My honor, even. I hope to hear from you soon. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe. I'll be back. I love you, Mobile. Aww. <laughs> well, guys, this has been, I guess, the Gulf Coast Auto Tech Titan Tiger Report with a little Lions and NBA sprinkled in. But tomorrow is a Friday edition of the final drive. We'll get you ready for all the big games of the weekend. Coming up is the Prep Spotlight. And then, will Gulf Shores win the state?